Hi, welcome to The School Run. I'm Jane. And I'm Liv. And we are going to share with you the best conversations we have on our school run. We will invite guests and debate topics that affect and resonate with every generation. We all remember our own school run. So maybe have a think about yours. What do you remember? Every day is a school day, isn't it? And we are so privileged, both my 16-year-old daughter and I, to do this podcast and share it with you. My daughter, as I say, is 16, but when she was 15 in February this year, we started the School Run podcast. And it it came because we had a long journey to school and we did a lot of talking, a lot of reflecting, and hopefully I shared some wisdom with her that helped her and she shared wisdom on young people today with me. And we've put this into a time capsule of conversations on our podcast channel, The School Run. And now we welcome guests to come along with us and to share their stories, their journey and their wisdom for young people and adults alike. You don't have to have it all figured out at school. Very few of us do. And actually our life evolves and unfolds before us. Olivia, today we're joined by one of my very good friends in the children's activities sector and someone, a company that I work with every single day. How are you feeling about this podcast episode? Because this lady rang us. She was the very first person to ring us when we released the School Run podcast. Do you remember that phone call? I do remember that phone call, yeah. She was very excited. She sure was. And she bought us a coffee (laughs) on our virtual coffee platform. We couldn't believe it. We only thought my mum and dad would listen and maybe you know, a couple of friends, but it has grown into a platform of over 6,000 listeners in just a few short months. And we're so lucky, aren't we? And today this lady joins us. So without further ado, let me introduce you all to Kate Markham. Kate, as I say, is a very good friend of mine in business. And something that I always really remember and stands out to me is that we came together through an industry event And at the time, I was looking for a system for our franchise network. And I always felt that people sold at me and and tried to push what they had on me at these events. But this lady and her team and the people she works for and with, they were never like that. It was always about building friendships. And she said to me, I'm never going to deliver to you or sell you something that doesn't work for you, Jane. If it doesn't work, that's fine. But if I can make it work and if I know the system can do it, then maybe it'll be the right solution for you. And I always respected that. And she stood by her word. And to this day, years on, we're still working together. So Kate is the business development and growth manager at Think Smart Software. She is also a business owner in her own right, as she has a franchise of Baby Ballet. Um, The franchisor, Claire O'Connor, is a very, very, very good friend of mine. She's my best friend in franchising. Kate is a mum of two girls and she's also a widower and today we're going to chat with Kate about her journey, her story and hopefully provide some wisdom to our young audience. Thank you for joining us Kate. Oh thank you for having me, I'm delighted to be here, so excited. I am too and it's took us a while to get an appointment in the diary for us all to be able to do but we finally captured you on our run you're in the car with us well not literally but in the car with us sharing some of your your wisdom and you know where should where should we begin can we 
I know we're going to talk about your story and your journey and you can tell us that as you as you see fit as we go through but because I met you through Think Smart um shall we start there when did you join Think Smart how did you find them and why have you been there for 10 years <laughs> so okay so I mean my job at Think Smart is predominantly sales so when I was at school, I didn't know what I wanted to go into. And, and as life went on, I definitely didn't think sales was something, was something that I would be good at or anything like that. So um, I, I worked for my mum for a lot of years. My mum's got her own charity in Newcastle called First Step Northeast. So her charity is around helping women from ethnic backgrounds, base, teaching them basic skills. And I worked there for about 15 years. And that was absolutely great. L- loved that. I was an office manager. It was an admin role. Um, it was perfect for me because the girls were at school. I worked from 10 or 2, Monday to Thursday. So it meant I could drop them off, pick them up. My husband worked away. Um, so, yeah, it was. And there was an on-site crash. I was so lucky because both of my girls could come to work with us when they were little and go to the crash. So I feel so lucky that I was able to have that then. Um, and then, um, I w- well, yeah, I was there for about 15 years. And then um, Lauren was at, was Lauren in? Lauren was in high school, just about to start her GCSEs. And Maya was still in middle school. Um, and one day, my husband had just actually been made redundant. So he got made redundant. Um, he'd been redundant for about 12 months. He always had a really good job. He was an overhead linesman. He worked on the overhead electrifications on the railways. So he was like a hot hand working with really high voltage of electricity. So really fit and healthy and everything. Um, but anyway, he'd been made redundant. So he was at home, which was actually really nice because we got to spend a lot of time together when he was at home. And he, he was able to be involved with the children a lot more during that time because he worked away a lot of the time. He travelled up and down the country. Um, to do his work so anyway this morning I had got got up and um, I had gone to work as normal um, dropped the kids off at school did did all the things I actually left Peter in bed that morning so and I went off to work and um, I finished work at two o'clock and he rang us and he said I'm, I'm sorting tea out um, I'm, we're having this is that all right and I said yeah that's absolutely fine I'll be home soon I'll be home in about 20 minutes so I um, I was just driving home as I normally would, pulled up at the house and my dog was um, peering through the window, at the front window, which I thought was really strange. So anyway, I walked into the um, I walked into the house and I walked into the kitchen and I, my husband was lying on the kitchen floor. The meal was being cooked in the kitchen, that was all on there and he was just lying on the kitchen floor. And I know this sounds really stupid, but I thought he's like winding us up is this some kind of stupid joke and anyway I quickly realized that it wasn't and um he actually wasn't breathing um so I quickly rang 999 and I had to go through all of the um resuscitation everything like that that there was about four ambulances in the street I can remember like police cars it was horrific the whole house was treated like a crime scene because he was so young. He was only 36 and um, they treated it as a crime scene until they know otherwise. So I couldn't go out the house. I couldn't 
I was stuck in the house with a, a, a police officer and the ambulance, they were trying to revive him and everything and then they pronounced that he was dead. And like, you can probably hear it in my voice now. It's just the most horrific thing ever. Um, the girls were still at school. I, d I didn't know, like, yeah, it, it was awful. It was, I mean, obviously, I mean, wow, it's just un unbelievable that, but that, that that happened to you, Kay. And, you know, the shock and the trauma and the, the years of trying to process that, I don't think you ever can process it. I, I, I can't even begin to start to think that you can. Um, I think the, 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 the panic then was, there's like, the first thing I switched to was my girls. Like, what, what on earth am I going to say to my girls? I just mm -hmm. I didn't know and there was a police family liaison officer with us and I said how on earth am I going to tell the girls when they come home what has happened here and she just said that you've just got to be straight and honest your dad's died you can't you can't fluff that up you know um, and 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 that's what I did and then the the, the rest of it actually after that is pretty much a blur for quite a while I'm sure I'm sure it is and um, how long ago is this, Kate, for you now? So this is 13 years coming up on in four days' time. Wow. Yeah. Four days' time, 13 years ago. Yeah. And it's like, I think every year this time, I always start to get anxious about it again because it really throws it back up, you know? Mm. Um, so, so, yeah. So... Well, from there, what, what what happened for you? I mean, obviously, you've got so much to sort out and deal with and, and process. But but you then, the reality is you're with your girls and you life's got to go on. Yeah. And you've got to bring an income in. You, you husband's no longer there giving you this the second income. No. And um, we didn't have life insurance at that point. We had seen a financial advisor and... Um, not long before he died, actually, and we were told that he would be better off getting, um, I think it was accident and redundancy insurance instead of life insurance because we were still quite young. Mm. So we didn't have life insurance. And Peter's wage, he was the main earner. Um, so, and I was just working part-time. And so, looking after your girls and, and the correction, taking them to school and doing all of that. Doing all of those things. So, um at that time as well, I was working for my mum, but I, I was also volunteering for a local dance school, which was being run by my now business partner in Baby Ballet, Joanne. So I helped her run that um, from a volunteering perspective, as doing all the business admin, all the operations, that side of it. And um, so when Peter, that was, so that school literally grew from Lauren, my eldest daughter, going as one, inviting our friends. And then within a year, there was 250 students. So obviously wow. it grew really quickly. And um, because at that point, after Peter died, I had to really look for a full-time job, like something that I was going to get paid a lot more from. I couldn't keep up doing the volunteering at the level I was. Mm -hmm. It was like, it was too much. So I sourced, I sourced a software to help us do it. So I basically went onto Google and I just typed in software for dance schools and up came ThinkSmart. So I thought, oh, great. Okay, I'm going to try this. So I tried it and it was amazing. I loved it. 
Um, I got amazing customer service when even at that time it was George on his own because he'd literally just bought the business into the UK. Um, and I was giggly excited about everything I could do. I could just see the benefits and how it would help and how it was helping me. So um, loved it. That really helped things within the dance school. Joanne was able to do some stuff herself then. Um, and I was more and more going down a bit of a financial hole. <laughs> so really needed now to look for a full-time job. I couldn't. And obviously you'd got the software in place for to Joanne for Joanne to be able to do the business without needing you as a volunteer, I guess, to do all the paperwork and all the checking of the fees and everything. You'd sort of found a solution that would save hours for both of you. Yeah, 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 exactly. So um, I loved it so much. I thought, you know what, I'm going to ring Think Smart Software up. I'm going to speak to George and see if they need anybody to work for them because I thought I could help people set this up in their business or... And anyway, I rang George up and um, he said, I, I said, I don't suppose you've got any jobs. And he said, you know what, I'm just about to start advertising for somebody. How about I fly you down to London and interview you? I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. Like, So I, 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 I flew down to London and I met him and he interviewed us. And it was so funny because he went, he said about, you know, and you'll be able to, maybe do some cold calling, some selling and stuff like that to try and get the word out there because it was very new. The strategy wasn't there yet for the business. You know, just he was obviously trying different things. And I was like, selling? I can't sell. Like, <laughs> I'm not, I, no, I think I've got, <laughs> it's the wrong job for me because I think at the time I thought selling was like, and, and sorry to any car sales people out there or anything like that, but I feel like that's what it was like. like too pushy like yeah and I thought I'm not I'm not that person I can't I can't I can't be pushy like that he went it's it's not about that he said it's about building relationships and being passionate about what you're doing so actually George believed in me way more than I ever believed in myself and at that time well it was 10 years ago he's just turned 34 so he was 24 wow so yeah. he was 24 and he could he was see- 24 he believed in me more than I believed in myself and I was probably about 39 wow yeah that's incredible and actually he could see that you'd been such a passionate customer of the brand presumably of the of the product and that you used it that you could you could tell other people about it so when we talk to young people about sales I mean they don't even tell people at school do they about sales roles do you get told about sales roles no, like I was just thinking then, and, and you said it, Kate, where um, car sales, when you're going to get a car and they're like really pushing on you and, and there's so good things about this and that and this and that. And I'm like, oh, you're like literally forcing me to buy the car. Not that I've ever bought a car, but <laughs> but, it, but it feels uncomfortable, doesn't it? It can happen yeah. It can happen when you go in a dress shop and someone's like, like why don't you try this or try that? or try, And you know yourself that none of this is going to work for you in that shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. for me, I I would pressure under the situation because I genuinely do just say yes to everything to please people. So I'd, I'd be so pressured. I'd be like, yeah, okay, then just stop bothering me and I'll just say yes. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah I totally get that. And I'm actually now doing even what I do now, I'm the easiest person to sell to you know like so easy I think it's well especially because it comes from more of a supporting thing 
especially if it's small businesses or things like that you know like you want to support don't you but yeah no I did not think sales was was my thing but I was wrong because I'm here and been here for 10 years now and like I've worked with probably about 1500 clients now um and it it comes from a place of wanting to help and support people it you know I don't think of it as a sale I, w- I want to help support I've been there I've experienced what you're going through I know what your pain points are I want to be able to help you and that's where it comes from like I'm so passionate about it now. And also, I think, you know, we've got this bad name around salespeople in inverted commas or sales roles are not necessarily discussed at school. Um, And I think it comes from a point of view of not helping young people to build relationships and to help them solve problems and walk in someone else's shoes and that's exactly the way that you and think smart approach it but I don't think every company approaches it like that I don't think every person approaches it like that and therefore if the company's values are running that way then obviously you need people that are going to say look authentically this is either the right product for you or not like you said to me all those years ago I'm not going to sell you something, Jane, that isn't going to work for you. No, no, no. Yeah, but people people aren't like that, though. Because when I think about it now, like, really, for everyone, if you've got a problem, you go directly to someone who is saying that they're going to solve that problem because we all just like convenience like like food who wants to cook well I I do apart from me who wants to cook when you could just order a delivery like you've got a problem I want food I don't want the mess the hassle to cook it I can just order a delivery so there's your they've sold you already on how they word whatever by solving your direct problem and thinking that it's directly like not targeting you but you know it's your problem that they're gonna solve and that's and it sells you straight away that's why yeah yeah Yeah. so true you saw you saw right um so so you ended up with a sales role with the lovely George who we all absolutely I mean I'm really privileged to work with him um the Children's Activities Association um and so what did that look like Like day-to-day what did this sales role look like what were you doing you know let's tell young people what a sales role can look like certainly within your world yeah so I mean for me it's completely about building relationships so at the way back at the very beginning um I had to sit and think about how am I how am I going to connect with these ideal clients which are all studio owners or class-based business owners so back then I created a Facebook community um predominantly our customers were actually dance schools so I thought how can I um, connect with all these dance teachers you know get them into the same sort of space but actually the dance teaching world dance teachers is a very lonely space just like any class-based provider because yeah they're going out they're teaching their classes they're not really having interaction with other colleagues or anything like that it's generally them on their own isn't it dealing with parents you know teaching the children and doing what they love um so yeah so I thought right I'm going to create a group and I created a group called the dance teacher hub um and I think it's got about 12,500 members in there now wow yeah and at the beginning I thought is it gonna work is it not because there's can be a lot of like 
competition between dance studio owners? Is it going to be a bit like, oh, well, I'm not sharing my ideas or resources and stuff like that? I wasn't sure. But anyway, it it didn't. It was it went absolutely brilliantly. And, I, and, and if you go in there now and talk about it, everyone's so grateful of that space to be able to do that. So they, you know, they're chatting to each other, they're sharing ideas, resources, all of all of the things. Um, they even sell each other costumes and things like that in there for their shows. So that was kind of my approach. Is and and then I was building relationships with them. So I would start off conversations about certain things. Like it might be, I don't know, how are you coping um, running your show? How do you deal with this? How do you deal with that? And then we're all talking about it and coming up with solutions. And then I wouldn't go in there and hard drop the software or anything like that. It was more like a bit, oh, actually, I work for Think Smart Software. I think I could help you with that if you want to have a call and we can talk about it and I can show you. So that's how it, it worked for me. And then I think it was like more word of mouth once I had a few, you know, teachers on board using it, good testimonials, things like that. Then they would tell other studio owners and it just that's how it that's how it exploded really and then oh sorry sorry Kate I was just gonna say I think when when it's word of mouth I feel like you genuinely trust it more because people have cared enough to think that it's so good to tell someone else that it's so good so it's actually more reliable than just putting on a social media post saying this is what we do and it's so good and this when you actually get other people telling you you've actually tried it I think it's it shows how good it actually is it is it's it's that pinnacle of in terms of marketing marketing and sales are very closely linked together and generally sales and marketing teams work really closely together but when you've got a very small business you normally have just one person or one person, an outsourced person, working on all of that. And what you're doing is putting lots of people into the top of a funnel, you know, to sort of putting an advert out there and getting them in there. But then you're trying to build trust and getting them to know, like, and trust you. And then once the trust is really high and they're really happy, those people at the sort of the point here will become your really loyal customers and they will start referring other customers. And then you, your job is done. So it's hard at the start of a business. And I'm sure George bringing that Think Smart over to the UK um, yeah. will have, will have felt like that. 24. I know, and at age 24 as well. And we're going to get him on the podcast, actually, at some point, Kate. I asked him on, I asked him on Friday if he would. But um, ultimately, it's that you, you do want that word of mouth. And I think you find that now, don't you, for Think Smart, because everybody knows who you are, yeah. who's involved. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely all come from word of mouth. It's just, yeah, it's spiralled. Once that first core of people at the beginning, and I think that was it. And then obviously attending conferences and getting to see people face-to-face and building up relationships like that, I think is incredibly important as well. I think maybe the time that you spend one-on-one with someone, the time you invest chatting to them on the phone, meeting them face-to-face, going for lunch all of that journey can't be rushed it's a it's definitely a process and I think anything anything in life is is building relationships we are just going to interrupt this episode for a few minutes just because we have a life-changing offer for you 
If you managed to listen to episode 19, Your Style Matters, you will know that we interviewed the managing director of global company, Colour Me Beautiful, Cliff Bashforth. And we are delighted, both Liv and I, to have Colour Me Beautiful as a sponsor of the School Run podcast, helping you to absolutely change your life with colour and look fantastic every time you walk in a room, a party, a business meeting, whatever it is. As we know, every day is a school day and this special offer is for the school run listeners only. You need to ring Colour Me Beautiful and quote the school run to take advantage of it. But Liv, why was it so life-changing for you having this colour analysis done? I mean, it really opened my eyes to how the different colours, depending on how they reflect on your skin, how they can lift your face or not lift your face, and then you get this amazing colour palette with all the different shades of colour um, which you can take into any shop or any time you go shopping and put it up against a piece of clothing so you know that it'll look perfect on you and honestly I've never made a shopping mistake ever again. It actually is cost effective because your whole wardrobe starts to work together. Everything that you pick out goes with each other. There's so many other sort of opportunities you can have with a consultant as well. They can look at your style and your body shape and your makeup and all sorts of things. But the colour analysis is the starting point. And this special offer is for our listeners only. So what you need to do is ring the head office number and you need to quote the school run. So that number is 01772 750052. 01772-750052. Or you can email Cliff himself, Cliff C L I F F at cmbdirect.co.uk. That's cliff at cmbdirect.co.uk. Obviously, you can follow um, them on social media. You can see our social media pages to find out more about them or visit their website, colourmebeautiful.co.uk. It is a life-changing experience to have your own personalised colour palette to help you in all areas of your life, business, pleasure, leisure, holidays, um, relaxed sportswear. It's just loungewear. It's just honestly life-changing. So if you want that life-changing experience, go to the show notes. All the details are on there of our sponsor. And as I say, ring Colour Me Beautiful directly, get in touch with Cliff and quote the school run. Back to the episode. So so you got st- started with Think Smart. You started to build that customer database. And then as if you weren't, you know, obviously then you were providing for your girls and, and your home and all of those other things, which is so important and such a struggle on your own, sole parenting and, you know, you, you know, working through your grief as well, which will be everlasting. Um, but you weren't busy enough, were you, Kate? Because then you decided... <laughs> Yeah, then I decided, um, yeah, so, okay, so at a conference, so we'd go back to talking about conferences and meeting people, I went to the, one of the conferences I used to go to on a yearly basis was at the Royal Ballet School in London, in Covent Garden, so, um, and it was for a company called IDS, which is a huge international dance supply company, um, and we used to go and exhibit there, and I think it was probably two, I've known Claire about probably about seven years ago now. Maybe he's a bit more. Um, I was there, and Claire O'Connor was there, 
And I knew Claire O'Connor was the founder and CEO of Baby Ballet. And I was like, oh, I wonder what system Claire uses <laughs> for, <laughs> for her business and all her franchisees. Anyway, we had a chat. And at that time, she had a custom-made system, um, which wasn't working too well for her, but had invested a lot into it. So, you know, wanted to try and persevere a bit more. So, um, and I think, yeah, so I left that, left it there, hawked it planted, there. Planted a seed. Planted a seed, kept in touch. Um, and then I, th- I think I rang, I rang the office or I emailed in and then they invited us down, me and George down to head office for a chat. So went down, we had a chat um, and that's where that relationship started blossoming. And um, we, yeah, it, that was amazing to go down to their office and see it. And it was like a pink palace then. All the office chairs were pink. Everything was pink and sparkly. Um, and and gorgeous. And <laughs> oh, Honestly, I loved it. And um, I loved going to the office as well because the, the whole team were just so passionate about the brand and everything, Baby Ballet. I met a mum there as well. It was lovely to see Claire's mum there. And... Um, yeah, so then, so so we signed Baby Bally. Basically, they came on board. Amazing. So then, um, just like for Little Voices, we'll go to their conference every year. Um, and I went to the conference the first year. I went to the conference and I was like, oh, I just love this so much. I love, like, the network, the support, the people. Like, honestly, I just look, fell in love. So then I came home and I rang me, Joanne, who I helped set up the dance school with at the very beginning. And I said, I've just been to a baby ballet conference. We really, we need to do this in Newcastle. We need to do it. And there was nobody doing it. There was nothing between Edinburgh and Harrogate, I think. So there was this gap in in the middle. And, um, and Joanne had actually already spoken to Claire, I think, a few years prior, but hadn't gone along with anything. Anyway, she said, OK, come on, let's do it. So I rang Claire up. It's like it's the it's a joke now when I think about it. I rang her up and I went, "Hi, it's me." Because we're like friendly at this point through the system. Hi, it's me. Um, I'm just phoning up to let you know that I'd like to buy the Baby Bally franchise for Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> and she went, "Oh, oh, right, okay." She went, "There is a bit of a process we've got to go through." I was like, "Really? What do you mean?" <laughs> <laughs> Like this whole like, well, you know, we need to make sure you're good for our brand, that, that type of thing. I was like, oh, right, okay then. Anyway, <laughs> it was absolutely fine. And um, we launched Baby Ballet No Time Side in August 2017. And I've literally never looked back. I absolutely love it so much. And that's, isn't that beautiful? Yeah. That you're not only working within the system and, and your full-time job, but you've also built a side business with someone else that empowers young people like babies and toddlers to dance it, within a brand that you love with a group of people that you love. And I think that that's the benefit of franchising, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And has Joanne found that as well? From a, Because obviously she's run an independent dance school. Yeah. But now for you to be part of a much bigger brand with everyone doing the same things, there must be that love for having that support. Around you. We all love it. And I, we all love it. And I think what... It's, I love so much about it because I'm doing the back end, the operations. It's rare that I get to go out and see the classes and things like that. And honestly, whenever I go out and see the classes, I'm just standing there like a crying wreck. 
because it's that just it's just watching the children the, the the progression the smiles like the teachers delivering it they're so passionate about it and i i can feel myself now i just get so emotional saying that and and, and the yearly show there's so much work goes into doing these shows so much work and then you go and you watch it it's just like wow that all these three-year-olds on a stage dancing with their teachers and the characters and everything. It's just amazing. It's can, a... I, can I say an observation? Go on. This yeah. is my observation. You two are so similar in, in the way you both passionately talk about your business. Like, I'm sat here listening to Kate thinking that it's you, thinking you would do the same thing. She'd start crying about how much she loves going to see all the the lessons and the watching the children and everything like you, you like the same person <laughs> well your, your vibe attracts your tribe doesn't it yeah that's so true yeah okay you, yeah, you yeah, yeah. tribe and you know ultimately i strive to surround myself with passionate people who want to make a difference whose values are all in the right place and who get stuff done and Kate's just tick, 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 tick of all those boxes and we've ended up in each other's worlds. It's just amazing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it is really crazy. It is so crazy. Yeah. And I suppose now you've got some, because you are actually a business owner and you're actually using this system uh-huh. and you see the good things with it and the things that need to improve with it and you know firsthand, not, not only can you guide Think Smart as the company, but also the other customers within that. You understand the pain points. Yeah, well, I think it makes it a lot more credible when I'm speaking to people, like, as well. Like, they understand that if I say to them, obviously, I've got, you know, I've got my own class-based business, I completely understand what you're going through. And they're like, you can almost see the relax, you know? Yeah. Because it's daunting getting a new system, like, you know yourself, like, it's daunting bringing in anything new into your business. You're worried about whether it, how it's going to work. Is it going to work? Is everyone going to like it? Are people not going to like it? There's so many different elements to think about. So, yeah, after getting the franchise and then when I speak to my customers, you, you can, you can just literally see. As soon as I say that I, I, I do it myself, I understand it's it's a, your baby. It's got to be right. You just sort of say, ah, she knows what she's talking about. Yeah. I, I just think, just think, like, listening to, like, everything that Kate said about all the places, like, she's worked and how she did the dance hub on Facebook and all that. I feel like it, it all just tied together in the end of her working with Baby Bally as well as Thinkspot. And I feel like when people say, oh, I can really relate to your problem, often I'm sat there thinking, yeah, but you really don't understand really. But the fact that you actually, you basically worked on both sides, you've worked on from a customer point of view, but also working with the system, you actually do understand like what you're talking about and you can actually relate to the problems and like really empathise with them as well, which I think just makes it like a hundred times better. It, it does. And I do think that sometimes, with, certainly with systems, I mean, it's very, systems are very techie, aren't they? And you've got to have that kind of techie task focused brain. And, and many of us within the creative arts or class-based businesses or whatever we're not we're in it for the children and the passion and the creativity and the love and 
So it's very easy for a salesperson, salesman, saleswoman, salesperson to, to promise us, yes, it'll do that. Yes, it'll do that. Yes, it'll take that problem away. Yes, it'll do that. And actually, you know, before you know it, you, you've signed up to a system that actually doesn't do everything that you need to do. But because you can walk alongside, well, you walked alongside me. I don't know how long it took us to implement that system, Kate, but I'm sure we must have been one of your most problematic customers ever. But we, you literally handheld me every step of the way. And, and you'd have told me everything. And then I'd be actually setting it up with the girls in the office. And I'd be like, it doesn't do that. That's it. It doesn't do it. And I'd send Kate a message and I'd go, it doesn't do that. You said it would. And really calmly, she was like, no, it will, Jane. We'll do it. Try this way and that way. I, I promise you, you don't have to sign up to the system unless it's going to work for you. And, and you really did that. 100% lived up to what you promised. That, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I just think that, like, especially when the fact that we actually did, we studied this in economics a few weeks ago is actually quite funny. But when, like, the person that's selling you something knows more about, obviously, what they're selling than you do. So it sounds good to you, and so you say, yeah, when actually the ins and outs of it, you don't really understand. So really, you are putting all your trust in that person that they actually know what they're talking about. So bang on true so true and actually jane if you remember at the very beginning you said to me like you you were quite honest about how you needed it to work and you know i am you you said that you were a bit unsure and you know so that made me even more think right okay i'm like really gonna analyze this and make sure it works because i could never i want that on my hands do you know what i mean yeah yeah and it, and it was it was absolutely fantastic. And we, you know, even now I'm someone who will recommend people to come to you and tag you in different posts and things because, you know, you need that. You know, people flying the flag saying this this actually works. This really does work. Yeah. Um, we both share a love. Of, I'm going to change topic a little bit here, but we both share a love of listening to podcasts, don't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why do you love listening to podcasts so much? Why did you love ours? What other ones do you listen to? And why? What do you get out of them? I haven't told you about my Zoe story, have I? Have I? Oh, I think you have. But go on, share if you're happy to share. No, I love listening to podcasts. I think there's a lot to learn from them. Um, I don't know. I just enjoy. I enjoy listening to other people talk about their experiences, their journeys. Um, so, yeah, but I, I do love Stephen Bartlett. And through Stephen Bartlett, I listened to Tim Spector. So Tim Spector's um, a scientist, and he it, it's all about your gut biome, you know, your microbiome in your gut. Microbiome in your gut, yeah. And he's created this study called the Zoe Study. So I thought, oh, I'm interested in that. I'll, I think I might like to try that. So I ordered the Zoe Study about, gosh, six months ago now. Um, and it came just before two weeks before I was due to go to, go to Dubai because I've been spending a lot of time in Dubai this year with work and um so basically it you got a glucose disc so have you, you know when people have diabetes they put like a disc in their arm there to, to manage their sugar um, and you had to send off a couple of other samples and the first day was you put the glucose disc in and then you have to eat these muffins through the day so I thought right I'll start it on Friday I had the baby by conference on the Monday so I'll get a good start over the weekend anyway by the Monday morning um, I looked at the readings on the glucose on the app and I thought 
this is ridiculous. Like my sugars were so high, they were off the scale. They couldn't even record them. So I went to the doctors on the Monday morning and I almost demanded an appointment because I, I had to drive to the baby ballet conference in Warwickshire where we'd been the, the other day. So yeah. they went went in, saw the doctor, I showed her the um the thing. She went, oh, that's that's not good. That is really high. I'm going to take some bloods now, and but then come back on Friday and take another set because we wouldn't just go off one. I was like, right, okay, that, that's great. And I'm fine to go to the conference because I'm driving there. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely fine. Get yourself away. So off I toddled at the conference, all excited to see my baby Valley family. Um, And we're all sitting down for a meal on the night time. And I get a no, uh, like a um, no call on my phone. I'm like, that's weird. So I got up and I went outside. I took the call and it was my doctor. And she said, I'm really sorry to have to do this to you, Kate, but you need to go to the hospital urgently. She went, you can't go on your own. You're going to have to go with some someone. And basically, I had um, what they call like ketones in my body and my sugars were like, so, it was so bad. Like, So I, <laughs> I took Sam, one of my um, teachers, with us to the conference and she took us to the hospital and I was there till two o'clock in the morning. And it was... It, it was just awful and basically the diagnosed us with diabetes there and then oh my goodness oh yeah. my goodness yeah and then obviously then you've got like I really wanted to enjoy the rest of the conference and do all the things but in my head I was like I didn't know it, it was horrible because it was like a real shock you know like yeah health shock. A, real, a real health scare real health scare and then I was like how well, what do I do how do I cope and she, the doctor was just like you'll just have to come back here on Friday and we'll sort it all out then but it was just like I still had these days to wait until then and I so I literally I almost stopped eating the whole time I was there because I was terrified to put anything in my mouth but, yeah. Because diabetes is a really serious serious condition and, and it throws your blood sugars out so badly and you would not have known this. I wouldn't have known. Had you not been an avid listener to Stephen Bartlett's <laughs> podcast. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what, Kate? If, if in a few years' time we have someone that we've we've saved their health yeah. from our podcast, that will be amazing. This yeah. might be something that triggers someone to get their blood sugars checked yeah. or to go and get that Zoe study because that's the value of it, isn't, isn't it? My 100%. goodness. Like I had no symptoms at all, none. And how long do they think, can they say how long you've had diabetes for? Or So basically, at the, at the hospital, when I went to the hospital last that night, he said, I've done a blood test and your sugars have been like that for the last three months. So mm -hmm. they can do what they call like an HbA1c, which is an average over a period of time. Right. So they've been like that for three months. So he said, I'm not going to treat you here. You need to be trekked back at home by your own GP. Right. But yeah, no symptoms or anything. I would never have known. But what I will tell you is, I got a phone call from my diabetic nurse on Friday, and um, my blood sugars when I got the diagnosis were like 120, and I've managed to get them down. I've hopped. That's incredible. Wow. Well done, you. And what have you been doing to do that? So tell us what life looks like for you to keep yourself healthy. Okay, so it's it's it's. I mean, it's basically all food, cutting sugar out wherever I possibly can. I used to have. Um, uh, milk it really spikes my sugars so from having the disc in has helped me to learn what spikes the sugars what you know um so 
I'm just looking at sugar on everything. So like in the morning, I'm having um, kefir yogurt with berries and seeds. That's it. At lunchtime will be like a like plain chicken salad or chicken and veg or something like that and then the same at tea no snacking in between I've really had to be really harsh on myself I mean it has been a struggle you know but I've done it and I'm proud I'm proud of what I've achieved but yeah she said if, if I could bottle just a bit of you up and give you to the other customers I would the other patients Oh my goodness, that's, it, is, it is incredible. So all what you've learned to date, Kate, and everything that you've you've gone through, experienced, you've, you're, you're a, an amazing individual at all the conferences I go to and a friendly face, a warm, friendly, bubbly person, everything you've learned. What would you go back to tell your younger self today? I think that um, every person is an individual with their own strengths. Um, talents and interests, maybe. Uh, that's how I've, I've wrote some stuff down there. Oh, and don't be afraid to be your true self. Embrace your uniqueness. Oh, I love that. Isn't that gorgeous? Yeah. And I think some of your friends could do with hearing that, that you don't have to live up to the expectations of social media. You don't have to no. be someone that you're not truly. No, I, I, I genuinely think that like I understand that people are, are maybe like scared of being different or something but but why would you do the same things as everyone else if if you want a different outcome like if you were yeah. if you were gonna follow what everyone does and and you see them and you think that's not the life that I want why would you do the same if you want a different outcome so if you want a different outcome you have to do things differently and that might mean that you lose people along the way who think that it's stupid or they think that you're like what what are you doing that for that's weird like it they're clearly not the right people that that should be with you on that journey that's what i that's what i think yeah i completely agree liv went to a party this weekend and um I mean, I suppose um, it took me till I was 40, Kate, to realise that alcohol didn't serve me. I didn't really want to be drinking it. I didn't. It didn't give me anything additional. Um, and, and actually, I treasured my sleep more and I wanted to make more of the time I had and not have hangovers or other things. But Liv's kind of learnt at 16, and it's not from me, it's completely from her own choice, that actually she doesn't want to drink. Right. And, and so she went to a party. Tell Kate about your journey to the party. I went to a, a it's a first party I've ever been invited to, uh, I've ever been to in my life. Right. And I feel like there's always this thing, oh, you've started college, you know, this is where everyone starts drinking and, and it all starts happening at college. And I went and I don't know how many people were at the party. There was a lot of people and there was four of us that that didn't drink and I, and I was sat there and the first half an hour of the party was great when you could actually have a proper conversation with someone and after that I was helping people not falling over like and I just realized the conversations kept repeating themselves and you you gen I mean I I would have much preferred to be 
sat round a bonfire with watching the fireworks with a hot chocolate and a blanket. But I'm not saying that I always have deep, it has to be a deep conversation or a meaningful conversation, but I like to have a good conversation with a person when they'll remember what the conversation's about. (laughs) It's so true though, isn't it? It is, and I think, you know, that I think that's your decision as well, and, like, you know, everyone should respect that. I just think it was really really eye-opening, and I was like, oh, I hope I haven't given her too much of my alcohol freeness no I just <laughs> because I did enjoy a party and I was always probably the last to leave and I did enjoy a drink and, yeah. you know yeah. everything that came with it no I just I just think also the my friends they never once pressured me into having a drink at all they're not that's not the type of friends that they are they never was like oh Liv you're being boring have a drink like they weren't like that all which I'm very grateful for yeah they were really respectful of your choices that's nice yeah um no it's good and who would you put down as a mentor or teacher that's inspired you Kate who's given you some inspiration through life well I thought like teachers are actually caught it's 35 years since I left school (laughs) so I don't I can't think of a teacher that actually inspired us and then I was actually thinking when I was at school school was teachers were like very like it was very disciplined and a lot of telling off and like not very nice sometimes you know I've got some really bad memories about that yes so I don't think it's um I don't think there's a teacher any any, anything to do from like my education in that way I think my mum and dad um one million percent have inspired us to be the person I am today my children especially with everything that they've been through, everything they've had to go through and what they have achieved and what they are doing now is just phenomenal for me, like how, how they've how they've dealt with their own life experience and to where they are now. And then I think, to be honest, like my biggest mentor is my own life experience. Wow, yes. Yeah, yeah it's, it's actually that built that resilience and built the strength of person that you are today. Exactly that, yeah. So I do. I, th- I thought that was quite a nice quote. I thought of that today, actually. Yeah, it was absolutely. My own life experience, yeah. Oh, I love that. I absolutely yeah, I love that. I really do. If people have been listening to this episode and they think, oh, my goodness, I love what Kate's talked about. I love, I'd love my own class-based business. I'd like a baby ballet. I'd like, or I've got a business and I'd like a system and, and I hope that she can help me to implement that system. How can people get hold of you? Like, what's your what's the best way to get hold of Kate Markham? Best way to get hold of Kate Markham and a lot of probably in sport and story is Instagram. So I put a lot, I, I do, I have started definitely more recently putting myself a bit more out there on Instagram in terms of, you know, offering tips and ideas about running a class-based business. So Instagram, and it is just literally at Miss Kate Markham. Um, and then all my email at ThinkSmart is just kate at thinksmartsoftware.com. Kate at thinksmartsoftware.com. And, we'll put, and, I, and yeah. we'll put all of that in the show notes of today's episode. I first listened to yeah. your story. I knew a little bit of your story when we met for lunch one day in Newcastle. But I went on to listen to your um, podcast episode that you did with one of your clients at the time and um, Charlie Day. And you did that 
you know, podcast and it was so raw and it was the first podcast I'd ever listened to, Kate. And was it? And it was from that that I thought, wow, that lady has been brave. That lady has shared her story. What's this podcasting about? And I went on to discover more and more about podcasts. And it also taught me a lot more about you and taught me to be braver sharing my own story. So thank you so much for doing that. Oh, no problem. I'm sorry if I was a little bit shaky at the beginning telling it. I, I never know how I'm going to be when I tell it but that's your it's yours isn't it it's your it was your life you're telling this you you went through it you you lived through it and you and your girl came through the other end too um and it has shaped what life has been today um so so thank you thank you thank you for doing that and we always finish the school run with a memory a school run memory either your own school run memory or one with your girls what would you like to share today you know, I was thinking about my school run memories today. And the, I mean, primary school, we, I actually did the school run four times. So I used to go home for lunch. <laughs> did you? Yeah, my mum used to drop us off, at, me and my sister off at school, primary school. And then she used to come back and pick us up and take us home for lunch and take us back again and then pick us back up again. <laughs> <laughs> didn't have then or school dinners, I tell you. Show me age now. <laughs> oh my god, that's incredible! I tell you what, I'm so glad Olivia's school wasn't bring her home for lunch. I'd have never <laughs> yeah, been. Imagine, you'd been on the motorway all day long. No, I'd have never been. She'd have never been there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's lovely. That's lovely that you had uh, something that you remember with your sister and those journeys. And primary school, like I was really trying to sit and think about school and take myself back because it is quite a while ago. But yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your school run wisdom with us and joining us tonight. We finally got you on the school run podcast and um, it's an absolute privilege to call you my friend in business. Oh, and I feel exactly the same. Thank you so much for having me. And it's been lovely to chat to you both and lovely to meet you face to face. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you everyone for listening. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the School Run Podcast. We absolutely love doing the podcast. Podcasts are free to listen to, but if you'd like to buy us a virtual coffee, we'd be really, really grateful. You just need to go to www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash the school run. That's buymeacoffee.com forward slash the school run. You can also follow us on Instagram at the school run underscore official or TikTok with the same name at the school run underscore official and we always really appreciate your reviews and feedback on the platform that you're listening to you can review our podcast and give us a star rating we'd love to have your comments and receive your feedback thank you so much for being a massive support of our journey